Hats Off is an edutainment podcast that is in no way a substitute for clinical assessment, diagnosis, and treatment. The views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and their guest. Mental health is defined as a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. But sometimes we have to get real. And that's when we say, hats off. going on hi what's going on peeps it is easter sunday today he has risen praise the lord praise the lord yeah that's all i got yeah so it's easter sunday and we did another thing yesterday that many of you probably have already seen if not it'll be in the self-care section of our instagram page yes. but we'll talk about that in a few what's going on courtney um nothing much it was so the week was really nice like the weather was beautiful this week the kids, it, like, the kids were on spring break so carter and i got to like you know kind of rip and run he didn't have like a bedtime like he usually does mm-hmm. Um, but then this weekend got like cold and I was in my feelings just a wee bit. It's still a little chillier than I thought. But it's like yesterday was yesterday was brick. I was like Is it winter? This I need my big bubble coat. (laughs) Like we wildin'. So other than that, you know, but the sun has been out, so I'm someone who if the sun is not out for a certain amount of time or it rains for a certain amount of time, like I get sad. (laughs) Like, I have, like, weather affective disorder. You could not make it in Seattle. Right. And so, right, I couldn't. Like, I couldn't do it. Um, And so, I'm glad the sun has been out, because that's a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, other than that, it was a pretty low-key week. I got to get my shit together. So, I was like, Carter, you go back to school. Like, you need, like, snacks and all the things. So, I need to get that together. But other than that, it was a good week. Yes. For me, it was a great week because since the kids are on spring break, that means I didn't have that many clients in the office, which is not good, but good for me because I just really got to wild out at work. My work, my work wife was sick for like two Ooh, days out of the week. Sucks. That's hard. Right, because I was like, you're sick during the week where we don't have to work. Right. Like, you need to be sick during the week when you like probably have to work, but it's like I'm sick. But like, you can't take a vacation where you was like, you know. Nobody's already here, so right. you gotta chill and have fun. But she came back on day two by the blessings of God. Wow. So, yeah, it's been a bomb week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about our fun activity in a little bit. Yeah, so we're gonna tip our hats. And yes. first, <laughs> y'all, I don't know what we did. I don't, I, we didn't do anything. <laughs> Because we don't deserve her. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know what we did to deserve Beyonce, but we didn't do shit because we don't deserve her. But this week, the Queen Bee released Homecoming mm-hmm. on Netflix. Yeah, she did. And the live album to her Coachella performance, to Beachella. Y'all, I don't know what y'all did for the rest of y'all week, but as for Earl and I, we celebrated Beyonce. You understand me? I was in my office (laughs) cutting a monkey. It was amazing. It was really, really good. It was amazing. So tip our hats. Yeah, like I'm I'm not B I'm a fan. I'm not beehive. Because y'all just a little bit different type of people. But I was here for it. Now this might hurt feelings. I don't care. Okay, okay. I I love the uh, live album. Mm Mm-hmm. But I mean, like some people like really screaming. I was like, I mean, I'm all good, but I want new music. Mm, yeah, I want right. a new album because I, I want to give you my like, money for whatever tour you're gonna it prepare. Might be a minute. But did you see the thing where they say she actually has three Netflix things? Yes, I think so. I wonder if there's an album because you know she in those other two. She don't release albums unless she has a whole documentary with right. that album. 
So I'm being patient. Mm -hmm. And I know she just was giving us a taste and a tease. But I'm ready for some new music. But I lived for the album because I was like, hi, it was just giving me like, I love with the live instrumentals with it and like the combinations of songs. So like when she did Check Up On It or no, when she did Sorry and then it came to Me, Myself, and I in it. My favorite part. Yes. Um, and Destiny Child, I just live because I'm obsessed with you. And their harmonies are just still so Listen. on point. And I think it was also interesting. I was I was listening to the read and they were talking about this too. I didn't catch the background vocals when I watched it live. Mm-hmm. But when they were able to like get the levels good, I yeah. was like, them people on those rafters, on those bleachers, are also singing their no, entire ass off. In the whole show, they song. Like, the whole thing. And it's crazy, because a lot of them, I recognize one guy, his name was like Jerome. I remember seeing his video when she released um, Four, and he did a one plus one. And like, his video went viral. Right. And now he's one of her singers. Which I love. She I love always that about incorporates. Her. Yeah, if she's impressed with you, she gives you your face. And she handpicked all them dancers. She gives and you your flowers. Shout out. I got a couple of hats off. Okay. Okay. Let's get this. So, since we're talking about Beyonce, mm-hmm. I'm going to shout out Tyquan Christie. He is a he went to Winthrop and oh. he was one of the dancers who got hey. an ass of camera time by the okay, way. Okay, you got to point him out. I'm going to. He had an ass of camera okay, time Tyquan. and he was all throughout the that. So, shout out to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also going to go ahead and transition and I'm shouting out the Millennial Mess podcast, my yes. friend Dominic. Alexander, I'm putting your government out Uh-oh. here. Um, <laughs> his podcast is with two of his friends. They're based in Atlanta, and it's just a really hilarious podcast. Um, they're giving you just like that craziness. Um, it's just I laugh all the time. Okay, it sounds like it's like laugh. when me and my boys get together. So they're like they're part of the LGBT community, um, and it's just them acting a plum fool, but I like giving some like good just realness, like how right. we give like that real shit. So, I'm giving that out to them. I'm going to be tagging the information below. I actually think they're about to release their season finale. So, they just wrapped up season one. So, congrats on that because that is major. But I'll be tagging them below. So, check them out. And I'm also shouting my hat. I said shouting my hat. It's all right. It's a thing. Tipping my hat to Jay Howell. His name is Justin. Mm -hmm. But Jay Howell, he is a bomb singer. Um, His just released two singles. They like blowing up. Like okay. it's really, really good. But he's based in Tennessee, so you know them people okay. from Tennessee be singing. Tennessee be singing. They be singing you know, down. I be working in Tennessee. They be singing down. Yeah, and he from Memphis. Mm. So he say mine. Does he say mine? I think so. I think they all say he mine. Got, he got a little he accent. Like, I love it. <laughs> so he sings down too. So I'm gonna tag him below. Definitely check out his um release single talk and um I love you in the oh this is bad. No, yeah, love you in the morning. Okay. okay so I'll be attaching all those links below. So that's that. All hey. right. All right, guys. So we're kind of bringing the mood down a bit, but I think <laughs> this is necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, because so today's the 21st of April. Yesterday marked 20 years since the Columbine shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and Earl was showing me this video with the Columbine student survivors and the Parkland student survivors. And just, you know, the tragedy, the... I don't know, my mind is blown a bit that it's even a thing. Like, I Googled just now how many school shootings have happened since Columbine. And this is not including colleges and universities. It's 230 mm. school shootings Six, since Columbine. So in 99, I was 17, 16 or 17, depending on when it happened. Um, oh, I was 16. April. Yeah, it was. I was 16. Um, and I remember just being like shook. Like it was just this, like, I remember like our school shut down. Mm-hmm. Like they sent every child home because we just had never seen such craziness. Um, and you would think that that would have created just sweeping movements and government about like we cannot have i mean columbine was affluent white Mm -hmm. like this is the creme de la creme of you know what is considered privileged society and like nothing happened you know what i mean and so unfortunately it has continued um and 20 years later we still have people talking about their personal experiences from a year ago yeah. Or two years ago. Um, 
But it brought up this interesting idea around grief and mm-hmm. the hierarchy of grief. Yep, that's what she um, Because they were talking about who deserves to grieve and how based on like where were you in the building and or were you... self-inflicted. Because a lot of them right. said it's kind of self-imposed. Um, this concept of that, well, I was I didn't have it as bad. Yeah, right. I was on campus, but I wasn't in the room. And even the Columbine students talked about it because one of the survivors up there, I'm guessing her dad must have worked mm-hmm. at the school too because that's the one that said, yeah. I left my dad a message and, and I never got a turn back because right. he died. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talked about, the guy at the end of the video, I'll probably attach that link below too, but he talked about how like, you know, I didn't lose anybody personally. Right. I was in there, I was in the shooting, I got out, but like, Butcher her name, I'm going to say Sarah. He's like, mm-hmm. Sarah lost her dad that day. Right. So, and he was like, it's kind of like, not only is it self-imposed, but a lot of people in the society, they say in their school would be like, well, you know, I was in the room. or It's like right. this, high, like it's again, hierarchy, which is so weird because right. like, grief is grief. Right. But I think because people are so uncomfortable with mm-hmm. grief, they want as few people to grieve as possible yeah. so they can somehow knock down your level mm-hmm. of grief and that justifies their denial about their own or this timetable of grief because even in the comments this woman and i'm not sure if she was a troll that just was a fake account but it seemed kind of convincing but she was like her son was in the parkland um parkland right Mm -hmm. yeah parkland um shooting but she was just like i'm so sick of seeing these parkland students i guess the same students and was just like they need to like get past it my son is fine his teacher was being smart and proactive and was able to get all the kids out. And they were inside the, be- be, um, the building. And I was just like, you literally just added all the validity that anybody needed. Right. And them saying that there's a hierarchy of trauma that people right. just impose on everybody. Because like, who are you to say right. your son might not want to be interviewed? And the real thing that worries me about her statement is I bet you her son is not fine. Oh, and I bet, bet you, you he can't tell his mama he's not fine. So he's suffering. Because she'll say you're alive. So you're right. fine. Right. You ain't dying, you're fine. Like, that's the kind of shit that mm-hmm. has people unwell and then they do something because they don't feel like they have another Because you see all these people are, like, starting to commit like suicide. That's, right. That's super concerning. Like, all these people, like, um, they showed an example of one of the survivors from Columbine saying that he connected with one of the parents from Sandy Hook mm-hmm. who lost a seven-year-old. Yeah, because they were all, they were not friends, but, like, they were, like, colleagues in the... In the process, they remember think, he said yeah. they like to help their he, Oh yeah, he said that he his organization from Columbine they mm-hmm. created a four K to raise money and awareness about the Sandy Hook and to right. get them. So he was like that father was like the strongest mm-hmm. survivor I've ever seen, and he just took his life like right. recently. Right, and he and he was like that shook him because he was like if that's the strongest person I knew, mm-hmm. what does that say about everybody else that's right. really struggling? Right, but. But it also makes me think, like, you can't really put all your hope in one person. Like, no, that's too much uh, pressure. Right, right, right. So, like, and I guess that's like the pressure of feeling that pressure of being the mascot. And being the mascot. So, grieving just enough for people mm-hmm. to care, but not enough to fall apart. Yeah. And I think, you know, the whole, like, Earl and I were just talking about the importance of grieving out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that really looks like. So, Earl, when you think about grieving out loud, what does that look like for you? I think it encompasses all the emotions. That's Mm -hmm. talking about it. That's being angry about it. That's crying about it. Mm -hmm. uh, Yelling about it. Like, it's doing the act. I think that bottling it up Mm -hmm. is detrimental. Um, Now, there's a difference from taking moments to yourself Mm -hmm. versus bottling up. Because I think a lot of people are like, well, you just want privacy alone. That is totally fine. You can be alone and grieve out loud. Versus right. being alone and being isolated right. from everybody. And avoiding it. Yes. Right. I think that's a big piece. I think a lot of people feel like, well, I am grieving about it. But it's like, no, you're kind of tiptoeing around it. You're mm-hmm. you're doing just enough right. where it looks like you're grieving. Right. Or you're doing just enough where you, you think you feel better. But you really... One thing about grief is going to come whether you want yeah, it or it not. To. So if you, you might as well not fight it and mm-hmm. just let it happen. And just do things that... Like small things. Um, like I guess this could be a time like what we talked about yesterday. Yeah. So uh, yesterday we went to the Water Lantern Water Lantern Festival mm-hmm. in Charlotte, um, at Symphony Park, which I've never been to. That oh, park. I love that park. So they have a lot of like theater movies and yeah. um, under the stars when it warms up. Is that where so, you guys be going? Yep. Oh, okay. So I'll keep you posted. Yeah, because like I'm a super fan it's of this beautiful. park. It's absolutely beautiful, but. 
They did yesterday, Courtney, myself, and our good friend Shanti, mm-hmm. we all went out there to, we've all experienced loss. So I have, it's interesting because as y'all know, I lost my good friend back in February, February 17th. Um, Raven, and that was something that was on like me and Raven's list to mm. do. Like we, because we used to always see the lanterns. We're like, oh, we gotta do this lantern. We gotta do this lantern, and we tried to do a lantern before for one of our friends in the last year. And it just was just because we just a hot mess in general, but it was hilarious. But a part was like, okay, I really want to go to do this. I want to go celebrate her life. Um, me and Shanti gotta go. We gotta go. And then of course, like we recorded there, so like we all went and did that, and that was just like it was really, really, really beautiful. Yeah, it was Despite, powerful. Yeah. And I think the thing I noticed were so many people mm-hmm. were grieving yes. and writing messages on their lanterns to people they had lost. Um, and then they had some people speak mm-hmm. and they talked about, like, even like this really little girl who talked about like her grandmother dying. Like, mm-hmm. grief is always a part of life, but it's this thing that no one ever wants to talk about and really address. Yeah. Um, and I think having those ways of honoring the people that we love. So, and you know, everybody believes something different. Mm-hmm. I believe in a higher power. I believe in some variation of life after death. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to make the people that aren't here anymore proud. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think my, you know, my friends, I have a friend who was murdered last year. I don't think she would be proud of me mm-hmm. Ignoring it or trying to be overly strong. Yeah. Like, I don't think that would impress her. I don't think she would be proud. She'd be like, sis, I don't think she'd want me sad all the time. No, yeah. But she wouldn't want me walking and living it in denial. It me of Coco. I yes. feel like if you don't remember or celebrate them, yes. they're like forgotten. Absolutely. And they should. no one should be forgotten. Absolutely. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter how big or major or small you did on, like, this earth. Like, right. nobody deserves to be forgotten. Absolutely. Um, And it was just, like, out there... It's like the atmosphere. Now, it was cold as all it was goddamn cold. get out. It was super cold. Um, But it was almost like this atmosphere was mm-hmm. very... For it to be cold, it felt warm. Mm-hmm. Um, Like it was open. Like usually when you're at certain things like funerals or experience, it can feel kind of like icky or like mm-hmm. very confined. Right. But out there, it just felt very free, like... You saw people, la- you saw the different mm-hmm. stages of grief. You saw people smiling. You saw people crying. You saw people laughing. You saw people like celebrating their people. And you didn't feel like, I can't do that. Right. Like you right. felt very free out there. Right. Like just seeing it. And I was like, it just felt like a bubble of just like love mm-hmm. and appreciation mm-hmm. and respect and just right. do what you need to do. And I love the moderators of the event of just like, they allow people to talk, but they also was like, if you see someone having, give people their space. Right. Let people have their space and do what they need to yeah, do. Yeah, like let them experience. have their moments. But it was very like whimsical. Like, it, right. Especially when you mm-hmm. saw the lights out, it was like mm-hmm. very fairy tale ish, like yeah. just celebration. So mm-hmm. it was like really good. And I love the music that played. Yeah. I would love to yeah. see like some live music. Yeah. How that would look like next year. But like once the, I got a really cool video that I posted on our Instagram page of just, once the light, um, the lantern started floating in the water and they're playing, I don't even know what song it was playing, but it was just like mm. the instrumental. Mm. And it was just like really, really pretty. Mm. So no, like that was grieving out loud. Right. That was what we exactly. were doing yesterday. And that didn't require us, like we didn't even really talk to each other about mm-hmm. it. Like we didn't talk about what we were going to write on our lamps. We saw what we wrote on each other's lamps yeah. and that was enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't have to be this sweeping you know, experience all the time or this, you know, physically out loud experience. But yeah. I think it's the acknowledgement. Um, and I thought it was interesting going back to what you had said about how they were like, allow people to have their space. That's one of the things I think people struggle with in real life. Yes. And I think that help keeps people from grieving out loud. Like I have a friend and I know he has said that like, I just don't have a space to grieve mm-hmm. out loud. You know what I mean? Like he lost his sister and he just was like, you know, I got to be strong for my mama. I got to be strong for her daughter. And, you know, like I just don't have a place for that. And so he'll have these moments where he just disappears. Yeah. And like, I don't know, but everybody else here's be like, where is he? And I'm like, yo, come, like look alive. We have to, he should have felt safe to do that here. It makes mm-hmm. me sad. That he doesn't feel safe to do that here. And that's because of people's own awkwardness. And right. And uncomfortability. Like, right. 
you are so uncomfortable mm -hmm. with somebody being human. Right. And because having, you're afraid of your own humanity. Right. And just regular emotions. Like, nobody is... And I mean, if you are, goddamn, give me no medicine. But mm -hmm. I don't know anyone that's chipper and happy-go-lucky all right. day. Right. I don't think I'll ever even want that. Like, right. I don't tiring. want that person, actually. <laughs> no, thank you. If that's you, don't talk to me. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was rude. Okay, I'm done. I'm done with the podcast, you guys. This is my last day on Hands Off Podcast. Um, I wish you for the greatest success in your journey. Um, the funny part is we're at his house, so I'm gonna finish You're this done. episode. Now. And then I'm gonna go. But after today, I will but no we longer both be know. on the show. We I'm gonna go ahead and edit know. just you in the picture <laughs> and have the words. And I'm good. We both know that you would not enjoy that human either. You would be like, no, what's wrong with them? Absolutely not. I know a human like that. And right. I, I avoid them at all costs. Right. Right. Yes. Because so, it's not real. Because no. it's not realistic. That's and I'm worried, like, if you are always like that, I'm scared of what's underneath the surface I that's like about to pop. you're capable of anything. Right. Like, you are about to pop if you feel like you always have to be that person. Yeah. There's just no way. So, yeah. And so I just, you know, really encourage people. So what are some ways that you feel like you grieve out loud? Um, So for me in this process, like I said in the last episode, this has been a different type of grief for me. Um, So I've just done. I will say I have done my due diligence in doing things that would embody Raven. Mm -hmm. Um, So things that I know she would love and things that would be around Because, like, I've literally felt her every day mm -hmm. um, since her passing. I just felt her energy. Um, So I've just done, like, I've made a playlist of mm -hmm. all of our favorite songs. So, like, me and Raven, I'm a big R&B. Mm -hmm. Like, I embody just R&B. Yeah. If you... You, it's very rare that you're going to hear me listen to anything that doesn't involve vocals. Right. I don't really care about, other than Lauryn Hill, because she's going to give me vocals and a rap, but that's because she's a true artist. Um, <laughs> versus just messed us out today, this mumble jump. Right. Um, but like, I'm R&B all day, and out of all of my friends, Raven was like mm. that person for me. Like, we can blast every sad song or every R&B song all day and be totally content. Um, so I don't have that friend anymore. Like I have my friends that love R&B, but they, they go on a mix all of a sudden. I'm just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> but like, so I made like a playlist of all our favorite songs since like the day we met in 2011. Um, and I just like play that either when I'm like cleaning the house or anything. Cause it just like makes me feel her. Mm -hmm. I've written about her. I have not talking to her out loud, mm -hmm. which was interesting. Cause, um, I'm gonna get back to that pause. Um, done that i've done like the axing mm -hmm. i've i've explored different ways because this is a different every grief right, is different i right. think that's another thing to realize like every grief is mm -hmm. different um certain things won't work for each grief and certain right. things you got to find a new one so i've done that i've except like written the axe this waterlander i've done things that i knew that she would love or would have right. wanted to do right just to kind of like finish out her memory mm -hmm. or like her desires that was on like her list. So I've just done things like that. Like, um, I'm going to kind of shift this another direction, but I think another part of grieving out loud is kind of like grieving with the people that are also kind of affected. Yes. Um, so yesterday that was kind of a big thing. So like when you went back to the, mm -hmm. um, area before me and Shanti were still there with our lanterns and, it was just so interesting because we just talked. Right. And we asked questions that you probably, like, want to ask, mm -hmm. but you just haven't done it. So, she, like, right. one question she asked was, like, how often do you think about Raven? Mm -hmm. What does it feel like? Do you think mm -hmm. about, like, are your thoughts, like, oh, is she really gone? Mm -hmm. Or is it thoughts, like, oh, I just miss her? Because those are two right. very different those thoughts. Those are very That's different That's, like, things. a difference of, like, right. denial and, like, it just kind of acceptance. Right. Um, And then we talked about, like, do you feel like, does your grief change? Mm -hmm. um, do you go between anger, denial, acceptance, uh, bargaining? And I was mm -hmm. like, girl, yeah, like all the time. Right. Um, how often do you cry about mm -hmm. it? Do you still cry about it? Do you feel like, you know, we like right. asked genuine questions and then we talked about like, we just talked about Raven and like mm -hmm. laughed and we talked about like, yo, Raven's favorite restaurant was Cheddar's of all places. <laughs> and like every year she went for her birthday mm -hmm. and we was like, every year we want to go for her birthday. Right. Like, afterwards, mm -hmm. just to like celebrate right. her. Like August 1st, off top. Whatever right. you're doing, nighttime we have to go to church right. to celebrate her birthday. So it's just like I think that component too of like just sharing 
what you're feeling and experience because I think a lot of times people think, well, that might not be normal. Mm. But then you like your right. person that's going through the same thing that like had like a similar relationship with this person that you lost can like I think add validity to like right. no, that's been a thing for me too, and just mm. just talking. So I think that's another part of just like sharing out loud because I think that also empowers other people. Like, no, you can do that. Mm-hmm. You can grieve how you want to grieve. As right. long as you ain't being destructive to your own life or anybody else's, mm-hmm. there really are no rules to grieving. Right. Yeah. And I think so. I think that's so important because, um, like I shared on the episode with Jeter, mm-hmm. um, our good friend who lost his wife, um, that I had lost the twins, mm-hmm. and that was this like super duper lonely grieving like nobody Mm. everyone was disconnected my mom my dad like my ex-husband who was my husband at the time like everybody was super disconnected it was too hard for them yeah and so everybody had like retreated into their own corner like I don't know the last time I've heard them speak the boys' names. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's to that degree. Um, and so, because I am somebody who has to grieve out loud or I will implode, mm-hmm. I really did have to kind of do that on my own. And that is really, really hard. Like, you know what I mean? And so, I think sometimes we have to be able to step outside of our own stuff mm-hmm. to show up for other people because maybe you don't feel comfortable talking about it, but they really need yeah. you to talk about it. You know what I mean? And so I think, and that, like you said, it starts to create this like, well, should I feel this way? Maybe mm-hmm. I'm being ridiculous. Maybe people don't grieve their children. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, it got really weird. Yeah. And then I just had to get a good dose of fuck it. Like, I just <laughs> had to be like, I refuse to believe that these gifts were given to me mm-hmm. for me to now act like they never existed. Yeah. And I just had to do something different. So, like, every year on May 20th, which is their birthday, I do something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unapologetically, I have done something and I've now incorporated Carter into that. And Mm -hmm. he loves that. But just today I was freaking out because I couldn't find any of my things, (laughs) my passport, my birth certificate. Right. I was nutting up. And so um, and then I was like, maybe they're in the safe. Like, maybe I did the right thing for once. (laughs) Trust yourself. And so I went to the safe and sure enough, the birth certificate was in the safe. And I was like, look at that. But and then Carter had come upstairs and also in the safe is this box. So at the hospital, they gave us this box. Oh. And so it's got like the, their foot impressions and like their little ink, like footprints. Yeah. And, um, like just other things, pictures and different stuff. And I don't think I've ever shared that with Carter, but he just happened to come in the guest room. And so I was like, but do you know what this box is? Mm-hmm. And so he was like holding the little like footprints and like hugging them. And I was like, oh. This is so sweet. But I think what it touched me was that I've taught him that that's okay. Yeah. That it wasn't this uncomfortable moment. There weren't even like tears shed. There was just this like, oh. Respect. Yeah, these these are my brothers Mm -hmm. and, you know, they matter and we can, you know, own that. That just shows you how good of a job you're doing. Because like, think about how awkward that could have been like right like, i don't know what to do here and you hear about that all the time i have clients all the time who are like yeah my parents lost a baby before us and we don't talk about and it and we don't talk about it like it throws and, me off and i'm like, like oh that's so sad and i'm like well we don't talk about it it's just not a and it never leaves i don't know if i ever did you send me the video of the people who got the painting of their twins no. So there was this older, I mean, Earl, they had to be like in their 60s or 70s, like this older couple. Mm-hmm. And they had had twin boys who passed away. And their adult children had like a painting done of them holding the twins. And oh. when I say this father, like, again, 60, like, this man is, like, his children were in their 30s. Yeah, he had grandkids. Like, bawling Right. Like it was beautiful to see, mm. but you could tell that the kids like still care yeah. and recognize because that stuff doesn't go away. No, it doesn't ever feel. I don't know if it doesn't feel less because I think grief does ebb and flow. Yes, and that's another thing. It ebbs about. and flows, and I think there's some guilt around that because mm-hmm. I think people feel sometimes like it shouldn't um, mm. ever ebb, but it does. You know yeah. what I mean? But it doesn't ever disappear. No. And so I think that it was probably very powerful for those parents to know that their kids, because mm-hmm. their kids could have been like, I didn't know them kids. Right. I don't know nothing, but you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they could have just been like, whatever. 
But I think they, like, yeah, I think that helps the healing. Yeah. And if you want to heal the grief, you've got to allow people to grieve out loud. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If you want to heal the, I don't know if healing the grief is the right word. But if you want to grieve in a healthy manner Mm -hmm. and manage it well, then you have to allow people to grieve out loud. And so sometimes you have to step outside yourself and allow yourself to be uncomfortable and have the conversations, even if they are not... You know what I mean? Just so that they know it's okay. Because that's just how you grow in general. Like, Absolutely. You don't grow just from sitting there. Like It has to be pressure Absolutely. and experiences. And just, it molds you mm-hmm. into, hopefully, a giant tree. But I think it just depends on how you do it. Because if you fight it. Right. Right. That's when you start withering and Absolutely. breaking off and breaking and mashing yeah. out. So, oh, yeah. And yeah. I think that's the big Like, you just, um, going back, like, we talked about that yesterday. Just, mm-hmm. um... Different ways to celebrate and remember, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. it was something you said that I was going to touch base, but I cannot remember what it was. Well, I'll share some of how I grieve out loud. So I'm really big on like birthdays mm-hmm. and certain days. So like I try to celebrate the people I've lost on their birthday mm-hmm. in some way. And you know, for like you said, grief is different. You know, I've lost all of my grandparents mm-hmm. now, and that's a different grief. Like I miss them immensely, yeah. and. You know what I mean? Like they were older and I don't want, I didn't want to see them suffer or be sick. So that was a little different. Losing people my age, I want to say the first person my age I lost was when I was like 19. One of my friends got cancer and died. And um, like it was, it shook me to my core. I don't think I could, like when he called and was like, Courtney, I have cancer and it's bad. I was like, you'll be fine. Like it wasn't even a concept. Like, not that People young. our age don't like randomly die of of illness. So, like I just I didn't have a concept of it, um, and so yeah, I think that shifted some things for me. And then when I lost the twins, there were like four, maybe five women that I knew that all lost babies. Mm-hmm. Like you know, in that time frame, either like the baby was born sleeping or the baby was. Um, like fine and then like passed away yeah. right after birth like and that shook me because i didn't think i don't think i knew that was a thing either like no so it was like such right no like um one person's baby had like a issue like a kidney oh. issue and so they knew the baby was gonna die but they still had to carry it to term which was horrible i couldn't imagine and then i knew a couple of women who went to the hospital to have their babies and then it went wrong in delivery mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you went to the hospital 40 weeks pregnant, mm-hmm. and it went wrong in, wrong in delivery. And then I had the twins at 23 weeks. So, yeah. So, it was just these things that I didn't know were things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and that, that grief is different because yeah. it doesn't make sense. And it's like that. I don't feel like, no, there's some things are to be expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like that unexpected yes, grief. Yes, yes, that's a little that's different. The worst. Like when people get older, not saying it's any less sad because right. it can still impacts you, but it's like you kind of like they live. It's the right order. Of right. Life. It's how yeah. it's supposed it's to how happen. How it's supposed to happen. But like when people get sick and they're like forties, fifties, mm-hmm. I feel like older is like eighties. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, but like when you're like under fifties, forties, thirties, twenties, teens, right. or younger. It's just like, no, that's not the right. natural order. Exactly. And it's just like that. It's, it, it feels different. Right. And Absolutely. it's harder to escalate because that's not what you're taught when you're young. You're Absolutely. not taught like, oh, well, any one of your classmates could pass away right. at any moment. It doesn't get brought up until it happens. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So, I think I do celebrate a little bit differently depending on the person. I feel like my grandparents live their lives mm. and I want to honor them. But I feel like I want to pass the message yeah. of those who were my age or of my little boy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. feel like I'm living for my grandparents. I feel like I'm living because of my grandparents. Sometimes I feel like I'm living for sending the, you know what I mean? Like, continuing the message yeah. for some younger people in my lives that have, in my life that have passed away. Um so, yeah, so I always want to celebrate their birthdays and different things. And I love a paper lantern. I used to do the balloons. Mm-hmm. Then I heard the balloons are not good for the birds. So I said, birds I'm choking. not going to be vegan. That's no, what I'm not going to do. Not. And so since I'm not going to be vegan, then I will definitely not choke the birds with balloons. Listen. So I found the biodegradable paper lanterns um, that float. And I love those because um, you can write a message on them and send them up. To the person. I love flying wish paper. 
What's that's that? a really cool. So it looks like, and it, maybe it is, um, tissue paper, like the put that you put in like a gift. Mm. Um, so it's like little squares of it, but when you set it on fire, it floats and mm. it kind of like flies away. And so yeah. I found that um, as a way to kind of help Carter with his grieving. Because when my aunt died, that was his first real, like, loss. Yeah. And he really struggled. And so, um, yeah, but it's like a little piece of, like, tissue paper. And it kind of, like, floats off and you set it on fire. So that's really I sweet. I have seen a video of that. Yeah, I love doing that. Um, I have a grief journal uh -huh. specifically to write to people I've lost. Because uh -huh. I think I compartmentalize my journal. So I have, like, mm. my regular journal. And I have my grief journal and then I have my anger journal mm -hmm. where a lot of times I like tear out of that journal and burn the pages. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I have different journals, um, but I love my grief journal. Um, I also like to do like in remembrance things. So like my aunt, she my favorite picture of her is her standing on this fountain mm -hmm. like she was going to tip up, tip over. Um, and so every time I see a fountain, I take a picture in front of a fountain. Um, my friend Jamarian, who was murdered last year, her favorite color was purple. And so I've gotten switched a lot of things. My favorite color is red naturally, but I switched a lot of things to purple. Mm -hmm. And anytime I see purple in nature, I like take a picture of her and I spend a little time with mm -hmm. her with the purple thing. Um, my grandmother loved roses. So I always like buy roses and, you know, take pictures of roses. So I think finding, like you said, with the music, like finding yeah. something that really connects you with them mm -hmm. um, is something that's really, really sweet. Yeah. Um, and I always notice twos. So I often see like two butterflies or two birds mm -hmm. or like, you know what I mean? And I'll always, that, that reminds me of the twins. Yeah. So mm. those are kind of the ways like little that remembrance, I do that. Little, mm -hmm. It's just interesting how things work. It's oh, like, yeah. it's interesting how you had this crazy ass morning mm -hmm. and it just led you to have that moment with him. Right. Right. Like I just, things just kind of like happen. You just got to look for like a deeper meaning. Absolutely. So, yeah. So we definitely encourage you all who are grieving because most of us are um, to find ways to grieve out loud and find a community or a tribe that allows you to do that. Mm -hmm. um, if for whatever reason, the people in your life aren't capable of that, like don't stop there. Yeah. Um, that was the other thing. So what I did do when I lost the twins was I joined an online like grief community for mothers who had lost their babies. Mm. Um, and that was really powerful. And it did give me that place to just be okay. Um, and this is also an important part. At some point I had to leave because yeah. it got too sad. Like, so as I started to feel better um, and then I ended up getting pregnant with Carter, I couldn't be healthy because every day there was a new mom. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a and so, keep growing. Right. It's kind of like what they talked about with the Columbines. Yes. Like, we're so sad that this club is even bigger and just yeah. keeps growing because this is a club no one wants to join. And so I think it's also okay to step out of a situation when you know that your time with that situation is past so mm -hmm. that you can, yeah, so that you can be healthy again. And I think I love that because the lady, one of the survivors from Columbine brought up that you have to be selfish in your grief. Yes. And I like that because I think people struggle with being selfish in general. Mm. But I think being selfish with your grief, like if you know that something is not feeding you well, right. don't do it or don't feel forced to do, to have to be well. I right. think that's another thing. Well, and when I say be well, I don't mean like, no, be well. Be well. But don't be forced to have to be at well mm -hmm. or front around people that are not affected right. or putting not on feeling. airs or appearing well yes. when you're not when that's not and i like that she said that like you don't you know you mm -hmm. and you know what you need be selfish in it Absolutely. you don't have to keep going to these dinners and having a smile on or telling people i'm okay mm -hmm. i think a lot of people the most time we tell people you're okay it's for that person right it's right. not really for you just like i'm okay because you don't even want to have that conversation right. with them where you know what they're going to do or you know they can't handle it yeah, yeah. so you're just Absolutely. like i'm good so i like that she's like be selfish in your grief I like that too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. And our self-care tip is also to, you know, maybe the water lantern, the water lantern festival travels. So it yeah. might not be in your area right now, but finding those ways to kind of celebrate yeah. in the moment, like, you know what I mean? And just whatever works for you. Um, but having that way of remembering is a form of self-care because mm -hmm. it keeps you out of denial. Denial is not a safe place to live. No. Mm-mm. It can, it's going to happen, 
Yeah. And your state is agreed. Right. But it's not a place that should be permanent. Right. Absolutely. No so, permanent residency. Absolutely. So, all right, guys. Well, we wanted to share that and encourage, and hopefully that's a word for whoever needs that to be a word. All right. Well, we will be right back with our question of the day. Yeah, we will. So, quick side note, me and my cousin, so my cousin's birthday was also um, April 17th, which Uh he was like, Beyonce, drop that for me. This is my cousin, Beatrice, who I love, Um, but we went to Crave, and she was like trying to do the occur, and we can't do it. Like, and I was like, I can't do it. You really? And I remember, I, like, I remember it, and you have to switch it up. Like I can oh, do it for a really long time. So like my favorite song by Drake, I'm not even gonna say favorite. Like, it just makes me laugh. It's the birthday song. Like it's your brrr, wait, it's your brrr, birthday. I don't know why I can't do it so long right now, but I just love those noises. Yeah. So what I've noticed though is that people who can do it put a little sass on it. So maybe I'm not. Yeah, you just gotta be like. Because I couldn't roll my tongue for forever really? growing up. And then when I finally figured it out, I was like super, super excited. And so anytime there's a tongue rolling thing that I can't do, I am in my feelings. Because it is a deep pain. <laughs> this is deep Because like, My mama used to like be like, ruffles have regions. Like she would like ruffles have regions. me about not and being able to roll my tongue. And then when I like one day, I was just like, I'm gonna fucking learn today. And I like spent the whole day trying to figure it out. Everything starts from childhood. Right. Everything Everything goes back to childhood. Let me push your arm down. Y'all gotta watch Grace. Let me push your arm down. Oh, oh, is it nine? Is it ten? Oh, ten. What happened at ten? Put your hand on your phone and let it go. And cry about that thing. Y'all gotta watch Grace. I don't know. I was like, is that a thing? I don't know. I am. But. Oh, you got it, girl. You can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> All right. Question of the day. Okay. So we actually got a, a lot of selections of questions. Woo, so shout out to y'all for sending in these questions. Thank they will be answered you. over the next coming weeks. Yeah, man. But this question actually kind of connects to what we we're talking about in the sense of when does your story start to impact you? Mm. So this is the question. Ooh. Okay. What is the threshold point to where you are responsible for your own narrative in your background? And there's a side question that's pretty much stems of how can your upbringing and your upbringing cannot serve as a valid response to your lack of trying or doing within life. Mm-hmm. So. When? Okay. Do you feel like there's an age? To when your story can no longer... Right, when you become responsible for your narrative. I definitely think there's an age where it's like, okay, now. Um, And I think that's like adulthood. Mm -hmm. Young adulthood. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like everybody has things from childhood. Right. There's different levels of your resiliency and what that looks like. Um, But I think... When you get to an age when you're starting to build relationships, mm-hmm. whether that's romantic or life, like real friendships. Mm-hmm. So I really say like late teens, right? Your, your early young adulthood is when right. it's like, okay, because there's plenty of people like that. I think people love to live in the woe is me. And it's like, yeah, I so get that this terrible thing happened or mm-hmm. you've experienced these traumatic events. But after a while, and I think they're doing a really good job on this on Grace of showing mm-hmm. what that looks like when you don't do your work. Right. And right. it's like, a, I know it, but goddamn. Right. Get it together. Enough. You got to get it together. Right. Because life is going to keep moving around mm-hmm. you regardless. And I know that sounds real insensitive. But, but it's, it's, it's the, the truth. facts. Absolutely. Like life is going to continue. And Absolutely. you need to. I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice yes. when you choose to not work on your shit right. and get it in order. If anybody deserves it, you deserve it to yourself. Right. And I think a lot of people are like, do it for your kids. Do it for people. No, do no, no, it for that. you. Do it for yourself first right. because you're living for yourself. Yes, you have these people that might depend on you or are different outlets of pieces of your heart. But if you're not doing it for yourself, you're not going to get better. So I think mm-hmm. young adulthood, like, right. it's so threshold point to where you are responsible for your own. Yeah, I would say like young adulthood because yeah. you, your narrative might have been altered by someone else mm-hmm. along the way, but you have the power in, in 
to change that, right. to get it back. You're in charge of your narrative. You're in charge of how that story is going to affect you for the long term. Absolutely. So I think, like, yeah, young adulthood. Yeah. I'm actually, I think, younger than that if mm. you are guiding a child. Right. So Carter's parents are divorced. Mm-hmm. That's a trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, my son is impacted by my divorce. And I don't allow him to use that as a crutch for bad yes. behavior. Um, I really do. I'm open to any conversation he needs to mm-hmm. have about it. If we need to go to therapy about yes. it, and he has gone to therapy about it. Um, but I really do expect him to still be yeah. kind and decent yeah. and appropriate and do his schoolwork. Like, you know what I mean? Like, at seven, but I have the- these expectations. And hopefully that mm-hmm. is teaching him that throughout life, yes. hard things happen. Mm-hmm. And we are allowed to feel. But our actions and our feelings are separate. Oh, yeah. And I think people really struggle with that. They feel like when I feel a certain way, I can do whatever I yeah. want. And I, in all honesty, <laughs> I have seen that. In this new political climate where, you know, both sides mm-hmm. can be, I spoke about it on TED, like both sides feel like they can say whatever they want like, no. because that person <laughs> isn't like them. And it's like, so just because they're a Republican, you don't have to be decent mm-hmm. or just because they're a Democrat or a liberal, you don't have to be decent. You call them a monkey mm-hmm. or you say you wish that they were dead or somebody would rape them. Really? That's who we are that's as crazy. human beings just because of how you feel about them i feel like that's the line that we can't ever cross no and whether i like you or not there are just certain things that you i should treat you decently Mm -hmm. whether i like you or not and you should behave decently regardless of what you are going through and yeah i think the earlier we can teach people that the better yeah but i agree with earl that absolute threshold is when you become that's when you're in charge of yourself. you are in charge of yourself you have now regained the power and now you get to decide mm. what's next and if you are allowing stuff from the past to keep you from moving forward in a healthy manner then that then becomes on you yeah because you got to do your work mm-hmm. like you know what i mean like your parents are done raising you yeah. now you got to start doing Because it definitely work. was their responsibility. Like you said, you mm-hmm. are teaching him. Right. It's their responsibility for that because they need to let you know. Right. Yeah, this terrible thing happened. But you, that's, right. it's not a reason. You can't right. just like, you got to take a hold of it. Exactly. Regain your power. Exactly. And I think that's a lot of things. A lot of people yeah. don't like to regain their power. A lot of people don't want it. And I think, and so this is why I think grieving out loud and doing your work is so mm-hmm. important. See, Earl and I stay on E. And what I mean by that is we're not carrying all this shit all the time. No. Because when we get shit, we pour that shit out. You know what I'm saying? So when I get sad about my friends or my aunts or my baby, I pour that shit out. I release it. I grieve. And then I'm able to move forward. So many of y'all are walking around with shit just buried so deep. Like, I don't know how y'all move. I don't know how y'all breathe good because I know when I've carried shit, I can't. I can't take a deep breath. I can't think. And you can literally see it on our standpoint as therapists. I have seen so many times when I finally have seen a client. Let, Let some that shit, shit go. go. They just look they different. Look different. And you just like do you? You look different, so I know you feel right. different. You look different, and so I really, if nothing else, we encourage y'all to let that shit go. And that's not just a statement. Like you can't just let it go. You gonna have to do some work. You have mm-hmm. to dig it up, and that doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. But I promise you, once it's up out of you. You will feel lighter and you will be a better human because of it. And that then becomes your responsibility. I might even say into high school. Like, if you are making your exit strategy, you need to be adding to your exit strategy. How do I be well on my way out this bitch? How do I be well? Literally. You know, like like old girl said, I don't like to say her name because I don't like her husband. Be best. Wait, wait. No, Melania. Remember oh, when she told me? She was like, be best. Please get out. I've asked you several times now to get out of my home. Um, yeah, I'm done with you. <laughs> Look, because I was like, where I felt like. But yeah, anonymous. Going. And so here's the other part of that. Oh, because it is a two part question. Oh, well, this is my information to anonymous because I feel like anonymous is asking that about somebody in their life. Yeah. If they are choosing to not. Accept the responsibility to get over their shit. You need to choose to put some boundaries in place, yeah, so that you are not. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't want that person, and you don't want their shit to now become a part of your story. Right. 
Because that's how the cycle starts. Right. Hurt people hurt people, right? Absolutely. So you have that starting point of like, okay, this person has all this shit going on from their past. And because they did not do their work, it's starting yes. to affect you. And then that shit can like encompass. You just get like right. drowning. I just read an article today that you can receive. You can have PTSD from an emotionally yep. unhealthy relationship. Secondhand. Sign, sign me up for not having that shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I probably have experienced some of that. You know what I mean? And yeah. so you got to be real careful. When people are telling you they don't want to do their work, that has not become your job to start saving them. I see that a lot when people are like, they're not ready. So I thought if I would just, but look, people are going to do their work or they're not. You need to be doing your work. And if you're too busy trying to save them, you are obviously not doing your work. Because I promise you, you have work. Listen, I promise you. Go do that. And if they get better and y'all can reconnect in a healthy space, mm -hmm. that's great. But also recognize that wounds adhere to wounds. And so y'all might have something more in common than you think. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And y'all are y'all are adhering to by by wound. And once you've done your work, they can't like they can't connect with you anymore. Yeah. I've seen that when one person gets well and then the other person, because they're not well, just can't like Function. connect with you anymore. <laughs> that's not a call for you to save them. That's a call for you to get away. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So if this person doesn't want to take responsibility, that's on them. Yeah. Because like you said, you. in this comment, in your second question, your upbringing cannot serve as a reason for you not being well. Absolutely not. It absolutely It can not. be a reason why you have experienced unwell behaviors, but it cannot be a reason to stay absolutely in Absolutely true. So yeah, there's no reason you should not be able to... Do get the tools you need to live in this world. Cause when the moments like that, you just keep it by yourself. Right. Don't bring people into your shit. Cause then you just got a shitty mess, and that ain't cute. Hey. <laughs> really? So yeah. All right. Well, we hope that was helpful, anonymous. Cause Boom. Whew, that's a that's a very common a common thing. So. Yes, Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm single. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time for no shit. Okay. All right. Well, we'll be right back uh, with that's not a thing. Um, that's not a thing. All right. So, Earl, do you want this? That's not a thing because my that's not a thing came out of a conversation we had. So technically, it's not. It's your not a thing. So oh, you can have so it. Just jump in. No. If you yeah, I have my own that's not okay. <laughs> So, let me just say, back kind of to Anonymous and just these folks, if you're not well, stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> if you know you're not well, if you know you got some shit on your heart, some work you need to do, like, you just not trying to do better, like, don't be wrapping me up in, because you get a wild hair, because what I think it is, I think they get a wild hair, and they be like, I want to <laughs> feel stable or I want to feel good again and do you know the last time I felt good was when I was with Courtney or when I was with Earl and then they pick up their phone and they text and they call but because I'm well I'm thinking we're moving forward in well <laughs> and, and then I turn around <laughs> and your ass just over here just as crazy as you was last time and I'm like why did you bother me why did you reach out? Why Listen. did you call? If you know you're not, not ready, I miss you. <laughs> hey, big head. If you don't get out my phone, my oh DMs, my, my block messages, that is so funny to me. I like, but you know what? It's not a thing. Either be ready <laughs> or go away. But another part is the accountability piece. I heard this quote the other day that I was like, that's 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 good. It says, do not re-engage with something you have prayed away. Mm. Now, that's a read for us. Right. Don't re-engage. I didn't have to answer the phone. Right. I could have just been like, swipe. That's why I was like, you know what? That's, but you, I think that's that, like, people change. That's that mindset. They do. But, but do they? But that's why you got to... That's why you do what you got to do. You mm -hmm. go in early and you assess. Right. For assess the, the situation. And then you blow. Ah, not the out. words of change. Mm -hmm. The fruits. Because mm -hmm. words are seeds. We want the fruit of change. I want words to see. Words are hot air to me. Right. Well, but sometimes your words can be like, this right. is what I know I yes. need to do. Yes. And so I know you're planting the seeds. You're mm -hmm. planting the seeds. But until there is fruit, and I saw a quote too that said, like, fruit is the last part of the harvest. 
The fruit is the last thing to show up. The tree grows, the leaves come, mm -hmm. and then the fruit. So I need to see the fruit. And I want it to be ripe. Right. <laughs> like your fruit done sat there for a minute before we re-engage. Yes. And so, yes, sometimes you get caught up. You'll be like, oh, yeah. I wonder how they're doing. But if your ass don't see no fruit Run. within like that first two conversations, get the hell out. Because okay. they are still who they are. And you asked for them to leave the last yes. time. You know you prayed for them to leave the last time. But I want really to believe that, like, don't re-engage with nobody you that, prayed away. Right. Yeah, don't look for their fruit. Don't look for their fruit. They if yeah. you have it's prayed okay. to get past them and to forget, or not even forget, but to move on and grow, mm -hmm. don't even... If they come your way, you need to get all the gas right. and light everything on fire. Absolutely. Not Absolutely. literally. Please don't be on snap. Right. Um, for real. Just ignore. Yeah. Just change their... Block their number. Don't yeah. If you've asked for healing from them, then take your healing and run. <laughs> take your healing and run. And run. That's a shirt. That's, a shirt. That's a shirt. It's copyrighted. It oh Lord. All right. What's your <laughs> Okay, my other thing, thing is sad. Mine is more sad. We probably should have did yours last. So oh that's Lord. Funny. Okay. Um, so my dad is not a thing. It's really I need. Mm. This is when I be wanting, like, sometimes wish people could be, like, invincible and like, you could just, like, knock their fucking head off. And right. And just, like, be all right. Like, they might get stunned. Right. But they'll, like, be all right. Um, bullying. Right. I am so sick. So, I saw, actually, because of Dominic, he posted on his Instagram last night um, about this ninth grader in Huntsville, Alabama. A young man, his name was Nigel Shelby. He killed himself mm. on April 19th. He was um black gay young man, mm. ninth grader, and just like relentless just bullying. Mm. Just people just being sh pieces mm. of shit. And he decided to take his life. Mm. Um, I want like this racism, sexism, homophobia, classism, like this. Yeah. All of that. <sighs> It's so sad because this is like such a real fucking thing. But I'm so sick of it. It's just like, oh my God. Like the rates of black youth in suicide yes, right. are climbing so high. I was reading something yesterday. I wish I would took a screenshot. Um, but it said like the rates of black youth committing suicide is reaching that of um like Caucasian peers. Because mm -hmm. you know, like Caucasian, like, they've had a higher rate right. than African Americans, but it was like it has, the African American rate has mm -hmm. doubled mm -hmm. within the last three or four years. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's rising. And it, I think that leads me to say, like, I need black people to stop saying, we don't kill, we don't do that. Right. That's, we, because that, that's not a fucking thing. That's not that, a thing. We very much do do that. We very much um, struggle with suicide like yes. every other race. Um, and I'm, I hear it so often, mm -hmm. well, you know, we don't do this stuff like that or we wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. That ain't us. That ain't yeah. us. We pray or we talk. Uh. Yeah. Suicide I is very real. I also think, though, we do have to be responsible for the energy we bring in to a situation, mm -hmm. I know that families, and I'm not saying this just black families, I know that families can sometimes be the first bullies. Oh, yes. We really do make a point to pick out who getting chunky, who got a big head, who's this and who's that. And it's or like that this, this family ribbing, like, you know, well, we're just playing with mm -hmm. you, but that shit cuts down. And if you're experiencing it at home, then when you're experiencing it at school, it doesn't feel safe enough to come home and say, hey, this is happening mm -hmm. to me. Because it's going to be like, you need to toughen up. You need to say something. Yeah. Knock they block off. Or, you know, like there's just no. I've way. seen where they'll be like, well, maybe you should try not to be. So you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be less you. And or maybe like, they'll say stop. if he was, I don't know, additional man. Based off his pictures, I'm seeing, like he might be like more feminine. Mm -hmm. But like, well, maybe you should try not being. No, maybe he should try to be who the fuck he right. is. Right, and people should let him be. And y'all should get in line and exactly. follow and mind your damn Exactly. Business. So yeah, I just never understood how somebody that's not doing anything that is mm -hmm. physically harming or mentally harming anyone around them. Right. Why do you care? Right. Why do you care? If no one is being harmed, mm -hmm. let them live their damn Right. Life. Yeah. And it's weird. Like even today, I Carter, I was listening to a podcast, and Carter was saying how some little boy. Um, in third grade, so I'm guessing this was in after school, was telling him, um, and I don't use the word, it's the R word, but it's calling him the R word mm -hmm. and calling this other little boy the R word and talking about their game, but just was like saying this over and over. 
And I was just like, you know, Carter, he must be really, really sad. Like, his life must be really sad for him to be paying y'all that much attention. Yeah. Um, but also, I'm also like, and I'm going to have to say something because what I'm not going to do, like, I think sometimes we're like, maybe I shouldn't get involved or yeah. like, I I will come to that school and show the hell out. I've already had to inform people that <laughs> I don't love nary a license nary a degree okay. more than I love Carter Nesbitt. You hear me? Yeah, yeah. Nothing more do I love than him. And so I will throw it all away and come up in this bitch and show all the way out if that is what's necessary. Now, I try to reach out and be like, hey, teachers want to bring this to you, blah, blah, blah. I also try to really encourage encourage Carter to handle his issues and address people. But I'm also that kind of mama where... I'm like, once you've told me about a thing, I'm okay with how you handle it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So if Carter goes to school and pops somebody in their mouth because they done put their hands on him, fine. We like It is what it is because I've already asked y'all to handle it. My child is not a punching bag. He's not an emotional punching bag. You, If you can't keep little Billy's badass off of my son, then my son is going to use a certain set of skills that I pay for him to receive in martial arts to get Billy's little badass off of him. And then I'm going to come And like I have told the school, keep that same energy, <laughs> that same damn energy when Carter mollywhopped Billy's ass that you kept when you were ignoring Billy's ass when he was messing with my child. Just keep that same. That's all I ask. Yeah. But I think we also, I think sometimes we just got to tell our kids the truth. We got to be like, people suck. Yeah, they people, do. Not, not everybody's good. And like, you don't deserve this. Like, I, I just, it breaks my heart because what I know is that people aren't waking up just like, you know what, today I'm going to kill myself. No, it's people are at the end of yeah. their rope. Yeah. They are broken and tired and they cannot anyone. find another option and that makes me sad because i believe that they have been feeling that way for as long as they could been possibly signs. stand it There's and there were signs because people love to say they just no didn't signs. get what they needed and it's like there were signs like, gotta be like oh it just breaks my heart for this little boy and for humanity you don't know who this little boy was supposed to be right. did we just lose the cure for cancer did we just lose the next amazing Thing because the person who was supposed to create it is no longer here. Like y'all can't yeah. just be out here throwing people away and deciding who's worthy and who's not worthy. And teach your kids to be fucking decent. Why can't we teach our kids to be fucking decent? Mm. If I ever, I don't even spank, but I'm gonna go on record and say, let me find out Carter bullying somebody. I he will get his behind cut that day. I've just never understood that. Like, we, we will understand how bullying is not a thing in my house. Like, I just would not be okay with my child being a bully. Mm -mm. Like, I don't understand what's going but on. But I automatically humanity. look at the parents. I'm just like, they learned that. Every, right. Let me tell you something. Everything is learned behavior. Right. I don't know no bully that just woke up and was a bully. Right. Now, I know some people that are followers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they follow. But usually mm -hmm. the person that's a bully has been bullied. Right. And they usually probably was in their house. Right. And that's their outlet. They feel powerless everywhere else. And so now mm -hmm. they're trying to take it out of somebody. So, yeah. Bullying's not a thing. And it's so... Like, I just, I just wish we could help people see why that's the... Like, you know what I mean? Like, how... That impacts humanity as a whole. Yeah, it's not jokes. It's not everybody got to toughen up. It's we no. need to be better humans. Period. That's it. So, mm. so that was my other thing. Yeah. So, what is our resource? Um. Um. Well, I'm gonna be attaching the Waterland Festival mm -hmm. link, so you can find it in a city near you. Yeah. Um. And it's just going back to just grieving out loud. It's yeah. If you have kids in your life who are struggling with grief, I really like the um, the Invisible Thread. Oh, That's yeah. a great book for kids. Um, we'll we'll attach a link for the Flying Wish paper mm -hmm. um, and the biodegradable paper lanterns. Mm -hmm. um, so those are some of our resources that we suggest. Um, and did we have a quote? Yes. Do not engage <laughs> with people that you have hurried away. <laughs> Come on in the room. Come on in the room. Hey, we did that one in a while. That we felt good. Not, that that felt good. Hey. <laughs>
Amen. I am coming. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. Well, check us out on all the things. We are Hats Off Podcast CLT on Instagram mm-hmm. and then Hats Off Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Yes. Go ahead and send those questions for the question of the day segment at hatsoffpodcast at gmail.com. And go ahead and click that media kit below. And uh, check out my... No, not my personal. Don't don't do that. For all y'all who be trying to request me on my personal, it's not going to happen. I'm so sorry. Um, Check out my professional pages at Courtney Leak LCSW on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And then Courtney LCSW on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And check out Carter at Carter's Curious Corner on Instagram. I do need to say a quick thing about how proud I am of myself. So my baby likes Harry Potter, finally, because it was a requirement to stay my child. Um, And so this year I made him a Harry Potter Easter basket. And I'm impressed with how many things I left in the Amazon wish list. (laughs) I'm impressed with how much money I did not spend. I'm just, I'm proud of me. It could have gone really left. A lot of people, including Earl, felt like it was already a lot, but I feel like I did a really good job. So hats off to me. I just want to say that. So, all right, guys. Well, we will holler at you next week. Until next time, be you. Be true. Hats Hats off. off. Hats off is brought to you by Earl Martin and my mommy, Courtney Leake. And I'm Carter. Be weary of the ways of the world.